Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are live here on the February 15th edition of the MMA. And of course, James Lynch, your host. And I'm joined today by a very special guest, someone I've uh, been wanting to get on here for a while. Uh, the, the great Chris Taylor is joining me here on the program from BJPen.com. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to finally be on the show and I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and uh, it's cool for me too because uh, you know this is the first time we've actually sort of talked face to face. You know, I know it's on video; it's not quite the same, but uh, you know, we certainly, uh, you know, uh, great to have you part of the show. And uh, you're actually at work right now, and I don't think people realize you're doing the great work you've been doing for BJPen.com. Uh, for those who don't know, what is it you do for work? Um, I am a project manager at Otis Elevator, so I look after the western region of Canada, um, just major projects mostly, and that's what I do from 9 till 5 every day. Good stuff. And I think what a lot of people have kind of seen uh, from watching this show is that, you know, most of the people that, that cover this sport do have full-time jobs. Um, you know, it's not something that is, uh, you know, very lucrative, so to speak, if you're going to cover MMA and, and those lucrative jobs, they're so few and far between. So it's cool to get you on, Chris, because again, I'm a big fan of your work. I'm a big fan of the, the stuff you've been doing over at BJPen.com. So let's go all the way to the beginning here. Where did that interest come as far as uh, combat sports and becoming a fan? <sighs> Uh, well, I mean, I tuned into UFC right from kind of day one. I was uh, I was really interested in it. Um, I was into boxing because my dad, he was a big boxing advocate. So uh, it was kind of one of those things. I just, when, when the UFC came on board, it was, you know, this brand new thing. It was super exciting. And uh, yeah, I, I got into it right away. And uh, it kind of, you know, I, I was, I was like one of those uh, diehard fans, um, you know, when BJ Penn burst on the scene, I think the first time I saw him, it was when he knocked out Kauno and, you know, then he proceeded to run out of the cage and, and, and left the building sort of, and they pulled him back in. I was like, okay, this guy, you know, he piqued my interest anyway. And from there I was pretty much hooked. So. And, and just for those who might not know, where did you grow up? Cause you're actually from Canada, which I, you know, I didn't even know until recently uh, when, when we were sort of talking about it there. Yeah, I grew up, I was born and raised and I still do live in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Okay. Um, so it's freezing here today as per usual. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And, you know, it's interesting. There's, there's a few uh, Winnipeg guys who actually are involved in MMA. Uh, Nick Baldwin being sort of the most notable one from Bloody Elbow. And then there's a couple right. guys over at TSN that I know quite well. Uh, Big Marv, uh, Tamog, and, uh, you know, a few other guys that, that sort of do their own thing uh, radio-wise. So Winnipeg actually has kind of an interesting uh, MMA scene. So, you know, take me from that as far as, you know, being a fan, growing up in Winnipeg. I'm sure you're hot. Hockey fan, you're a Penguins fan, yes. which I find interesting. Where did where did that come from? Being a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, um, I was always, uh, you know, there was a, back in the day there was the Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux kind of thing, and you're either, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the Leafs or or the Canadians, you're either a fat of one and, or the other, right? And uh, okay. I was always a big Mario Lemieux guy, and so you know, um, when it was Lemieux, Yager, Kevin Stevens, Rick Tockett, all those guys, Paul Coffey, I was a big fan, and then. Obviously, they, you know, the new breed came up and you had Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang and Marc-Andre Fleury, those guys. So I, you know, I just kind of rolled right through. Um, always been a big hockey advocate. So 
That's good. I just I had to clarify that, you know, as a fellow Canadian, I need to know the reason why you're a Penguins fan, because, you know, being from Winnipeg, I figured you'd be a Jets guy, you know, got the Solani jersey on and everything else. No, I am a I am a Jets fan. Um, you know, it was funny during the Solani era. I my biggest uh, like my my most favorite hockey player of all time was Pavel Bure for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, I was a die. I was the one guy there'd be a whiteout going on in Winnipeg and they'd be playing the Canucks and I'd be sitting there in my all black Pavel Bure jersey. So I was kind of the black sheep of the uh, Winnipeg Jets fan base. But, you know. Basically, when uh, if the Jets are playing anyone other than the Penguins, I'm on board and I'm cheering for the Jets. So, good stuff. All right, we got all the hockey stuff out of the way, so we've just you know alienated 90 percent of the fans that aren't Canadian. Um, but uh, but anyways, um, so as far as like you know uh, growing up and everything like that, you know we talked about obviously the interest in combat sports and everything. Um, w- did you go to school like post secondary, university, anything like that? And if so, what did you take? Uh, I took operations management, so I have a degree in operations management. Um, okay. Nothing, nothing to do with journalism. The, you know, I, I kind of had a really interesting way of getting into the sport itself. And, and uh, yeah, it just, uh, it's, it's actually pretty, pretty amazing to see where it's all kind of come. Um, it certainly and, has. Yeah. So, so what was sort of the first brush you had with, you know, working in the, in the media industry as far as, uh, you know, it could be something you wrote or, you know, maybe somewhere you worked. Like where was sort of the first, where did the birth come from? That is, uh, you know, what we see today in Chris Taylor. Okay. So, well, uh, I mean, I was a huge BJ Penn fan, as I said. So I, I was the guy with like BJ Penn poster on my wall, that sort of thing. And uh, I did kickboxing uh, when I was younger. And so, you know, I really wanted to, once I started to watch UFC, I wanted to learn wrestling and jujitsu. And wrestling is not something that's very prevalent in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't, don't have it in our high schools here and that sort of thing. So uh, the best way to, you know, go get that experience was to go down south. Um, so I ended up going to a gym called Ambition MMA, which was in Minneapolis. And uh, it was run by two twin brothers, uh, Joey and Jake Clark. And they were Division One, uh, you know, All-Americans, champions, um, great guys in general. Um, but they had told me when I arrived, you know, they were they were interested because I'd come all the way from Canada. And they're like, you know, what brings you down here? And, I, and they're like, oh, so you must be a, a huge GSP fan. And I was like, you know what? I actually, I, you know, and I mean, it's nothing against GSP. It's, I shouldn't. Fair enough. Yeah. I hate GSP, but uh, <laughs> I just was not a GSP fan. Uh, and I said to them, no, you know, actually, I'm a, I'm a BJ Penn guy kind of thing. Right. Because that rivalry was already started from uh, when they first fought at UFC 58. So they're like, no way. We're BJ's wrestling coaches. And I was at first, I kind of like scoffed at the idea. I was like, yeah, right. Like two guys from <laughs> Minneapolis or like, a, you know, the Hawaiians uh, wrestling coaches. But then sure enough, they showed me photos and they'd been out to Hawaii, you know, to do his training camps and stuff. And they were good friends with him. And it was uh, so I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Anyway, to make a long story short, they uh, when I went back up to Canada, they, I got a phone call a couple of weeks later and they said, uh you know, BJ was, I guess, preparing for his fight with John Fitch uh, right after he knocked out Matt Hughes in the trilogy bout. And uh, he was coming down to do a jujitsu seminar, a week-long jujitsu seminar in Minneapolis. And so they're like, you know, you should really try and get off work and come back down for this and, and, and you know, and, and check him out. And so, of course, you know, I, I did exactly that. And I went down and, um, you know, and it was just kind of funny. Me and BJ kind of hit it off right away. They told him, oh, you know, he's from Canada. And he's like, oh, you're a GSP guy. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, you know, and I, I showed him. I had bought shirts from his website and stuff. And he's like, oh, wow, like you're a huge fan kind of thing. And then, you know, he's like, who are you out here with? And it was just me and another buddy. And then so he invited us out. And we just kind of, you know, formed a friendship that way. And then, um, you know, it was shortly thereafter that he, he – he was like, you know, he knew I had a lot of passion for the sport. And he's like, you know, you should try writing for my website type thing. And so the guy who was uh, managing the website at the time, you know, I reached out to him. He gave me a couple of different things like, you know, scenarios that were obviously not true. But, hey, write a story based on this, if this were to happen and, and what have you. And, uh, and then he liked what I was doing. So, you know, he gave me the opportunity to start working with the website. That's very cool. And you know what's so interesting? Like, I distinctly remember when BJ was fighting and he would plug his website and people kind of just joke around like, oh, yeah, you know, BJPen.com. But it's kind of crazy to think what the site is now compared to like back in the day when people just, you know, fighters were trying to sort of establish their brand and everything. But BJ Penn's like a 
legit now. And like, you wouldn't have thought of that when he'd go on the mic. He's like, if you want to hear my thoughts, go to bjpen.com. Like people kind of be like, okay, yeah, well, we'll check it out, whatever. But it's kind of crazy to think what it's become. If you kind of look back, you know, even to like, you know, 2007, 2008 around there and to see what it's become. Did you, you know, when you started writing for them, did you real, did you know that it was going to get as big as it's gotten today? You know, I always kind of believed in it because, you know, it was, um, it was one of those things, obviously, BJ's like a really passionate guy. So, um, you know, and he was passionate about it. He kind of was the first guy to really have a website, right? I mean, that the website started way back, it was like 17 years ago now. Um, but yeah, to, to get to the point where we're at today, yeah, you know, I, I, I figured we'd get there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I knew BJ was super passionate about it. And he, uh, he really wanted to bring it to the forefront of mixed martial arts and, uh, and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to get back to that first initial meeting with BJ, like what's going through your head. Cause this is a guy you've idolized someone that you've, you know, been a big fan of forever. Are you nervous? Are you kind of embracing the moment? Oh, what's, what's, I was like, uh, yeah, I was, uh, it was, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I tried not to reflect on that moment too much. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. We, I know it's probably we, a little we, traumatizing. We, yeah. we joke about it all the time. Like I go to the line, hang out with you know, it's, you know, it's amazing to think because, you know, when I first met him, I was in awe and, you know, you're meeting a kind of a celebrity and someone you idolize. It'd be like me meeting Sidney Crosby and, uh, and I'd probably be the same way meeting him for the first time. You know, you're kind of flustered and like, you know, shocked at, you know, this person that you've idolized is right in front of you and you're talking to him. But, you know, BJ's probably one of the most real people you'll ever meet. Like, and, and like, you know, my dad met him for the first time when we were out in Hawaii last month. And he's just like, you know, I never would have guessed that this guy, you know, because he's such a nice guy and so humble that, you know, this guy's a super successful athlete and, and fights in a cage for a living. You know, it's just, he doesn't come across that way when, uh, you know, when you're kicking it with him, put it that way. So. Yeah. And one other thing you sort of touched on was the rivalry between George St. Pierre and BJ Penn, which I find interesting because uh, I remember I was sort of on the other side of the fence growing up, like I'm sure some other Canadians were, where it's, you know, I'm a fan of GSP. And right. you pretty much if you were a big GSP fan back in the day, I mean, you pretty much had to hate BJ Penn because the way that built up to that second fight, um, you know, the one that they had the countdown show and everything. I mean, you had to pick a side. It, it almost, honestly amazes me, you know, looking back now that there's people who are a fan of both. Like, it seemed to me like you kind of had to pick a side back in the day. And, uh, you know, good on you for being a Canadian and cheering for BJ, because I imagine that that pool is kind of small. I mean, there is a lot of people who no matter what BJ did, they would sort of be a fan of him. But, uh, you know, I always find it interesting because I I remember the peak of when that fight was like building up and all that. And, uh, you know, you had sort of two sides of it. And, you know, to be honest, if people look back on that fight, no one knew who's going to win that fight. It was very kind of up in the air. And I know George did win and there was the whole grease gate controversy that sort of happened with that, which, you know, by the way, I, I don't. I think people don't bring that up enough, to be honest, that whole, I mean, George did cheat in the fight. I mean, regard, I mean, I can say this as a fan of his, you know, when I was growing up and, and it's, it's something that sort of just gets glossed over a little bit, but he did have Vaseline on his chest and, you know, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, that's cheating. It, it is so. what it is. It, it went through, uh, it went through the motions, you know, they had the whole, the, you know, the court kind of thing going on and, and whatever. And I mean, yeah, you know, as a fan, it's still kind of, when I look back at it, it's still disappointing that it kind of went down that way. That being said, like, I don't know, you know, I can't say one way or another whether it would have, like, changed the outcome of the fight. But, I mean, um, yeah, obviously, it kind of, like, it, it puts a shadow on the on the win anyway, so. Well, and, and I think, and especially with what happened in the first fight, where I think if many people watching that first fight thought DJ won. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. I, I think most people watching that knew that uh, just with the fact you know george had the you know the the, he got poked in the eye so kind of wasn't a good indication but i mean that rivalry like looking back that was such a like interesting rivalry for mixed martial arts and like you don't see rivalries quite like that that cut that that deep uh these days anymore at least in my opinion i I just remember the height of that and that was just uh something kind of crazy just sort of sort of looking back at it but i still think you know greece aside i think george probably would have won just because george was so big for that division he was so good at cutting weight and being able to sort of bully his opponents and that's why i was so surprised when he beat bisping but anyways we're going on on a tangent here but i just uh i wanted to relive that because i don't get to talk about that rivalry too much so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah, so you know, i i, sorry, I go think ahead. that uh like you know i always thought bj did like a great job of kind of promoting fight. like even when you know he beat joe stevenson and then he, like you know sean shirk was uh i believe he was sean shirk you're dead time. i'll never forget that like, yeah but the sean shirk you're dead you know and uh and even the kenny florian like he's like i'm gonna shut that little weasel's mouth you know and like yeah. you know he get it so and kenny florian actually with that fight he did a great job of building that up too and so you know i i think he's always kind of had a knack for you know 
getting getting people pretty hyped for the fights, right? Like, uh, yeah. I don't know how much, you know, what George was saying got people uh, as hyped as what, you know, BJ was saying, like, you know, that he's going to, you know, it's to the death and everything else, you know, that he was, he, he, he gets people pretty excited for fights, so. Well, that's the amazing thing about George is that, you know, he he wasn't really much of a self-promoter. Like he, you know, he had the odd quote here and there. I mean, I think the most memorable one was where he told Matt Hughes he wasn't impressed with his performance, yeah. which is like right. the only time he's ever sort of shown like something that might have been disrespectful whatsoever throughout his entire career. But uh, he was kind of I mean, he benefited from the fact he was French Canadian, um, you know, good looking guy, you know, was winning fights. I mean, that sort of all played into his sort of, uh, you know, marketability towards Canadians. And I think a lot of people forget just the market that is the French Canadian market. And that helped him as as well but george if you look back i mean there weren't that many notable sound bites like he was sort of like the, the rare exception to like someone that was a superstar but also was able to sort of capture this audience as well so it's uh it's tough to get that combination because again like i said of he course. not only represented canada he represented a french canadians as well and that's another big sector of things but uh but getting back to you um you know we talked about bj penn and, and when you first started writing well do you remember the first article you wrote uh, for them does, does that come to mind at all or do you have to sort of dig deep uh, I'd be digging deep. I know it was something with Mark Hunt, something okay. Mark Hunt had said, um, and uh, I, I just, that's all I really remember. I, I just remember it was something uh, to do with Mark Hunt, and uh, you know, and I, I remember how proud I was, you know, to have you know an article up with my name under it and stuff. And you know, it, it's many moons ago now, but uh, yeah. but I, I'll still never forget that. I don't remember the title or exactly what it was about, but uh, I do remember that Mark Hunt uh, was. The man in the photograph on the article. So, that's cool. Now, when was this exactly? Do you remember when you first started with them? Um, it was right after he fought Fitch. So, okay, so maybe two thousand and ten, two thousand eleven, or am I getting my dates wrong here? I, I should go check this instead of uh, you know trying to uh, get my dates in order uh, just by guessing here. But I'll, I'll quickly check here. But no, I'm just curious because I always, you know. Um, one thing I talked about here in this program, by the way, John Fitch, the fight was 2011. I was right, but it was, it was okay. February, February 2011. No, the reason I bring that up is because, I mean, 2011, that's what, seven years ago. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of people in this industry that I see coming up really want things to happen immediately. And I think there's a lot of people that don't realize that there's been people doing this for, you know, upwards of 10 years and, and more. And, you right. know, you have, you have to have that foundation to get to where you want to get to. I mean, you didn't become one of the best insiders in the game overnight. That sort of came with time. And, and I bring up the date just because uh, I think people need to realize it's, it's not a marathon, you know, it's, it's, or sorry, it's not a sprint. It's, it's a marathon. You know, you have to sort of put that time in and develop your craft. And I see people, you know, doing this for a year and they're, they're already wanting to get full time. And it's like, you know, it's tough. You know, you can't just expect that. I mean, some people have, but I think there's a certainly, uh, you know, a process that needs to go through, which is, you know, you got to develop your craft. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would agree. I mean, it, it's not easy. I, I can't even remember, you know, it took me years before I broke anything significant, right? Like I, I you know, I, I've broken a few good stories like in recent years, but, but when I first started, I wasn't breaking any real news, you know, I, it was more, I was just kind of, you know, piggybacking off of BJ, you know, I get to go out to the fan expos and stuff and he'd introduce me to people and, and, uh, other fighters and like, you know, Dana White and that sort of thing. And then I kind of, that kind of got my foot in the door and, you know, BJ had obviously good friends in the industry. Like I, I became really good friends with Phil Baroni, who was one of his boys and Josh Thompson and, and that, and that's kind of like, you know, what led me to be able to inevitably break some news and, and get good interviews was just because you know people were like oh yeah i kind of remember you you know yeah we met at this event or, or or we met at this expo and that sort of thing yeah and that, that was going to bring me to my next question what was sort of the first big story that you broke might, might have even not been big but what's do you, do you remember sort of the first thing that you broke whether it was a fight announcement an injury uh, you know signing anything like that does anything the, come to mind the first major story that i broke you know it, it, and i'll yeah i mean it was a big one it was um that Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor were a go for UFC 196. Oh, I do remember that. Okay, interesting. And, uh, we, you know, I, I had a source and he was 100% because I was like, you know, and I didn't have many followers at the time. So it wasn't that, oh, you're going to get a bunch of recognition for this. But the site did, which was great. Um, you know, we broke that news and, and we were actually really lucky because um, right after that, uh, the next event, 197, was uh, supposed to be the Jones-Cormier rematch. That's right. And, and then we 
you know, again, got a scoop that uh, DC had hurt his knee and he was out of the fight. And so we were able to break news like twice in a row. And that kind of, I think that's what kind of like, you know, made people come around and start saying, well, wow, BJPenn.com is really like, you know, getting some stories and, and, and some good content. And, and that really like, you know, helped catapult us to, to get, you know, get recognized as, as, a, as a good, as a good mixed martial arts site where you can get breaking news and that sort of thing. And, and that actually brings me to something that normally I talk about off the top, but, you know, sort of how, you know, my, my guests and I have, have met and, you know, you and I haven't met in person, although that, that will change at some point because we've we got to get some beers at, at some point when there's a, a Canadian event that we can kind of coordinate. But, uh, no, I was going to say that I remember you actually at Diz, uh, you know, a, a mutual friend of ours that he, he mentioned you. And I remember just being like, OK, well, if he's saying this, I'll keep an eye on it. And I know people watching this don't like Diz, but there is, you know, th- there's certainly some stuff that, that he's doing that that is oh, correct. And people, people I mean, like, you know, like Diz. Yeah, I mean, lots of people. um will have their opinions, but I mean, there's no denying that guy. I mean, he just broke the Rose Nami Yunus, uh, Joanna rematch, right. Uh, for, I believe it's UFC 223. Yeah. And it's good to see him like, you know, cause I mean, whether people like him or not, at least they're, they're sourcing him and they're crediting him for what he does. Cause he, you know, I, I mean, we've all been there where, you know, I think anyway, where something hasn't panned out the way, like, you know, I had the, um, I said Stipe Miocic and came to Alaska. I know. And I, I also I also heard that. Remember, yeah, if you remember that whole situation that happened, you know, a couple months back. Again, same thing. And, you know, I had a really solid source on it and it didn't end up happening. And whether that was the contract negotiations or whatever, I mean, it's it's these things happen, right? Right, exactly. And, and you know, and, and that made me, you know, that made me kind of like, you know, make sure to be more cognizant in the future that, you know, to double check and maybe get more sources than just the one. But like, like, I, like you say, I, I was on with a really credible source of mine who said, you know, that's what the UFC was uh, looking towards and, and whatnot. So I, and, you know, and so I've taken heat for things myself. So, you know, I can't fault, you know, people always like, Oh, he got this wrong or this person got this wrong. And it's like, even the big know, sites get things wrong. Do you remember, do you remember last week? Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but junkie tweeted something out by accident that a fight was official and it wasn't. And uh, they had to go back and say they were sorry. And like, you know, and good on them. Cause that's what you should do if something happens and it, and it doesn't end up, you know, panning out, you got to own up to it. But I, I like, you know, even the biggest sites, they make mistakes. It happens. And, and that's, that's one thing I think this industry, you know, the people on social media, they're too quick to jump down and say, oh, you're wrong. You're full of crap. Like it happens to every site, you know, even Ariel gets stuff wrong every once in a while. So, I mean, you know, you sort of have to look at the landscape of it from that yeah. perspective. I mean, yeah, like you say, it happens. I mean, the, the key is just to make sure that it, it doesn't happen too often because then I'll, you'll, you'll lose your credibility. And, and of course, sort of yeah. Thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the game, uh, and the UFC's plans, as we've all seen, they change all the time. So, it, you know, it's kind of sometimes it's hard because, you know, you want to put out a feeler like, oh, yeah, you know, I've heard that this is being targeted or this is what they're looking to do. But, you, you know, you got to be careful not to put your foot in your mouth because if they decide to go a different direction, then people are like, oh, what happened to this? <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. Whatever. I know. And people are never, yeah, they're, they're never forgiving. They'll find that old tweet and, uh, and oh, bring yeah, it up. Oh, yeah, it up. So, yeah. It is. But but yeah, no, it's, so getting back to kind of what, what I was initially saying was that, yeah, that's sort of how I became aware of you. And, uh, you know, and, and ever since then, I, I haven't, you know, it's been a great follow. I mean, again, you break a lot of news and it, it's been really good. And, you know, where did that sort of come from? You know, you, you started getting sources. When did that sort of happen when you started getting more and more? I'm sure some of it was from BJ initially, but where did you sort of uh, get it, uh, you know, after that? You know, I mean, don't reveal your sources, but how did you, when did that process sort of start where you were getting more sources and more sources? Well, you know, the interesting thing is like, like it was more just BJ, you know, I, I was like I said, I had the luxury of hanging out with him and going to events and, and different things. And he would introduce me to people. But, you know, the funny part is, like, I never broke a BJ Penn story other than maybe an interview. Right. But mm-hmm. BJ would never let me break one of his fights. Uh, I know about it, but he wouldn't let me break it. And then I was like, well, one of our competitors just broke the fight. You know, like we should have done it. And he's like, no, 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 that's not how, how it works. You know, the UFC doesn't want me to do that. So, um yeah, most of the sources that I have, they just, you know, it was just came from friendships and, and meeting people. And, uh, and yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I've been able to establish some really good relationships with different fighters. And, uh, and you know, I mean, that's what gives me the most pride is, you know, the odd time they'll text me like, you know, Chris, I got something like, you know, or I want to say this or, or whatever. And, you know, can you give me the platform? And, of course, obviously, like, you know, my pleasure to do so. So. Uh, I've, I've just been very fortunate um, 
you know, to have, uh, you know, BJ in my life to, to give me those opportunities and, and to have the team that I work with, you know, like we have, I, I can't say enough about the crew that we have at BJPen.com now. I mean, uh, Tom Taylor, uh, is, who, who, by the way, was in the chat, gave you a shout out here. Tom Taylor, I got to give him a quick oh, shout out. He says, he says CT. So I just wanted to acknowledge him. Tom's another guy I got to get on the show. Cause uh, he's another guy that I've, you know, I've started to follow his stuff, uh, you know, recently. And, uh, again, there's a whole story there. I want to find out about him. So, uh, Tom, if yeah, you're watching, I'd, I'd love you know, to get you on. He, he, he breaks news himself and he, he gets like, you know, really, uh, you maybe not always fight news necessarily, but like injuries or he, you know, different things. And he's just such a good writer, right? Like, I mean, yeah. to me, like, um, he's one of the best writers in all of mixed martial arts, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, on, on top of that, we also have Justin Golightly. I mean, yeah. a lot of people are going to know him as Secret Moves, but he's like, you know, he's a creative genius. I, I love the way he writes. He's kind of like, you know, it's just a whole different style. And, and, and I love reading his articles. And then we have like, you know, other additions that are kind of newer to the team, Drake and, you know, some mainstays like Russell and, and stuff. And they, they all have their, you know, kind of avenues of how they get information and, uh, and they're all so different, but it makes it, it, it's really made the website a great, uh, a great place to go for all sorts of different news. So. And one thing I wanted to bring up, because, uh, you know, people watching this, they see the name BJPen.com. There's still some people out there who think, oh, it's a, you know, clickbait site. It's a gossip site. You don't have to mention the person's name if you don't want to. But uh, I know there was some old management uh, that was happening at BJPen, and they were doing some kind of some shady stuff as far as, yeah. you know, the reporting and things like that. How tough has that been sort of turning that ship around and trying to get the credibility back to BJPen.com? <laughs> I'm not going to I mean, that's been, you know, it's that's a work in progress. I, like you say, still to this day, um, there's lots of people that, you know, um, you know, I, I've been told everything from, you know, you guys should drop the name because it, the name's got such a bad shtick and whatever. And, you, you know, I'm not going to name the guy that was in charge before. Um, mm-hmm. You can find his work on uh, several other um, MMA fighters social media pages exactly that yeah you might see Uriah paper tweeting about it or brandon Vera or something yeah Yeah. so i mean you know so it's been hard to kind of like you know get people to you know because some people like you say it was bad at one point and i'll be the first to admit that and uh you know and all i can really say to the doubters is just like you know come back and take a look at what's going on now like i say i mean we have um great writers, great people doing great things. And, uh, you know, the director of the website, Scott Hernandez, uh, I mean, I can't say enough about the job he's done in, in, in terms of like, you know, steering this ship in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we've come a long way and, you know, I, I think, um, people are starting to notice more and more. So just got to keep working hard. And, you know, if you, if you keep breaking news, that's my theory, you know, people are going to, uh, people are going to recognize. So, yeah, no, I agree with that. Now, all this is happening as you're sort of, you know, trying to break news. You get texts here and there, but, you know, you, you have a full-time job. How has that been sort of balancing the two, trying to, you know, pay the bills and then also trying to have this, you know, side hustle with the BJ Penn stuff? Um, it's, you know, it presents its challenges, of course. But, uh, you know, I have a, I work for a very good company. Um, you know, I'm, I have the ability to work from home. Um, oh, excellent. And, and so I can kind of put in my own hours and stuff. Um, you know, I, obviously I got to get to my full-time hours each week but uh it allows me that time where if you know i do something crazy comes up i can really you know take the time to investigate and do uh my due diligence to uh affirm news and or confirm news sorry and uh and then uh push it out but like i say most of the times you know i i do i do the play-by-play for the website and you know i'll do the odd article during the week that sort of thing but I mean, all the credit goes to the guys uh, like Tom and, and Justin and, and Drake and Russ because they're the guys like, you know, whether I get fight news and I end up tweeting it out, they're the guys that are writing the article and putting that all together. And, and uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about any of them, really. So. Yeah, and all those guys you just mentioned are awesome. And I got to give a shout out to Scott because he's actually in the chat right now. He says, Aloha, James CT. Uh, so quick uh, shout out to Scott there, too. Um, as far as, uh, you know, we talked about, obviously, you know, balancing everything and, and you know, sort of, uh, you know, trying to break news and all that. Uh, one of the things we talk about a lot on here is mentors. And you've mentioned BJ Penn a lot. I'm assuming he's been a big mentor. Is there anyone else sort of early on or even now that you look as a mentor, as someone you sort of talk to on a regular basis that, you know, gives you tips and critiques and everything else? Um, you know, well, I, I mean, Scott uh, yeah. Hernandez uh, has always kind of been my mentor. He's the one that shows me 
you know, it gives me the ins and outs, what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, how I can do it better. Um, you know, um, always, uh, always good for critique and, uh, and it's always welcome because, uh, it does nothing but benefit, uh, the website. But, um, yeah, I don't know that for, for mentors, you know, I, I kind of, I, I was just passionate about mixed martial arts. So, you know, just being involved in anything was kind of exciting to me. Uh, and it's just grown to the point where it's at today. And how has this been on your social life? Because you work a full-time job. You've got to do this on the side. I know for me personally, when I was working full-time, uh, you know, my digital media job and balancing this stuff on the side, it was tough because, you know, at night I'm doing interviews or I'm, you know, granted I do a lot, a lot of interviews, but uh, you know, it, it, it's sort of, and you know, having, I was a husband, I'm still a husband, obviously that hasn't changed, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it takes its toll for sure. Um, how have you sort of been able to navigate that with the social life and doing everything else? Well, I'm recently single, so Oh, that, okay. That, 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 that I don't know loss. if I should say congratulations that, or sorry, but my ability to uh, navigate it. But uh, no, okay. All, jo- all jokes aside, it, that was you saved some money yesterday, right? So that that's a positive. That's it. That's it. So um, no, I, I mean it, it's it's always like it, it's hard. I mean, I, I have a lot of good friends and, and stuff, and you know, I, I find time. You know, I play hockey and and stuff, and so I, I I find time to have a social life. But you know, I'm 33 years old now, so I'm kind of like, you know, if I do go out socially and, and have too many drinks, I pay for it for a few days. So that could, the whole, you know, going out and nightclubbing or, or that sort of thing, that's kind of behind me at this point. So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough where I'm able to still, you know, see friends. And, and uh, you know, when I, was, when I was in my most recent relationship, I always made time and, and whatever, you know, kind of the odd time it would drive the girlfriend nuts because out of nowhere I'd start getting texts about something big and we'd be at dinner. You put that phone away. Right. And like, yeah. Oh, that, that is the saying that I hear in this household all the time. So don't worry about it. <laughs> it happens to everyone. So interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, if you want, you have to love what you're doing. I mean, it, it does cut into a lot of things like whether it is social time or, or it's other stuff or it's sleep. I mean, there's been plenty of nights when I've been up late just trying to get stuff up or trying to get stuff going. I mean, it, it happens to everyone. Um, as far as your interviews, cause I know you do, uh, you know, a bunch here and there and you get really big names. Um, I got to give you credit. You, you really get a lot of really top name UFC fighters. Um, how do you go about doing that? I know you have pretty I mean, it's pretty obvious some of the relationships you have that you can tell online. I know first round, you guys are pretty friendly which is good i mean that's a good uh, relationship to have how do you sort of go about getting interviews um yeah i mean you know at, at the start it was kind of just like enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply more or less like just nagging people almost right like to, to try and get interviews and then um you know I, a lot of times i think with with certain guys it was just like oh you know i'd be like oh so you you know you know this guy right I'm, yeah. yeah i've been friends with him and, then, and we just start sharing you know mutual stories and then be like oh you know you kind of just establish common ground right and then um and then from there, you know, it just kind of built a, a lot of guys I talked to, like Tyrone Woodley's one, like, you know, Tyrone gets a lot of, uh, 
you know, negative publicity, you know, for some of the stuff he, he tweets out. But that guy is like one of the most genuine, real and like nicest guys in the sport. Like and and, you know, I, I love just like getting on the phone and, and, and shooting stuff with him and and talking shop. I, I, I think he's great, um, you know, and, and same with you know, Mike Perry and those guys. And I've had the pleasure to meet these guys and, you know, and in some cases like, you know, have, either have dinner or go for drinks and, and whatever. And I think once you do that and you, you know, you kind of get into that circle of things, then it's, it's a lot easier. Like I say, a lot of times it's, it's people that'll, you know, text me or whatever. Like I wanted to say this, or I want to talk about this and get it out there. So, and I mean, okay. yeah, first round management. I mean, I, I was with Abe, here when uh, Mike Perry fought in Winnipeg and those guys are terrific and yeah I can't say enough uh everyone I've met in the industry even you know Dana White in person like you know a lot of people have some negative things to say about him but he's like a super nice guy like when you when you're meeting him and, and talking with him so okay you know, so yeah and, and you talked about sort of building those good relationships and one thing I kind of wanted to bring up and uh you know it's it's something that, that people sort of look at do you ever get people giving you flack for maybe being biased and the only reason I bring that up is because you know you develop these relationships but it's kind of a tough line because I mean I, there's plenty of fighters I've interviewed that I consider friends of mine people that I talk to not even about fighting they'll text me you know we'll just sort of shoot the shit I mean that, that stuff's going to happen when you talk to as many people as you do especially in my case um right. do you ever do you ever get people giving you flack for that maybe with some of the relationships because I know there are certain guys that are sort of your go-to whether it's interview views or you know talking about stuff um do you, do you ever like worry about that you know walking the line between you know being biased and being professional yeah it's, it's been hard sometimes i mean you know what was really hard one you know situation in particular was obviously and they fought twice was woodley and thompson i you know i have really good relationships with both guys and so you know here i am doing an interview and woodley's just you know going off on you know wonder woman or whatever he's saying right yeah yeah Thompson coming back and he's saying, you know, whatever about Woodley. And, and so, you know, and, and I got, you know, some people gave me some flack, like, Oh, you know, you're playing both sides of the fence and stuff, but it's like, you know, at, at the end of the day, the thing to realize in, in most cases, like rivalries are just like, you know, it's it, at the end of the day, it's all respect in the end, right? Like guys are going to try and hype their fights, you know, to sell pay-per-views and that sort of thing. And I, I, I think in most cases, like the actual animosity between fighters isn't real. Like it's just, yeah. you know, it's there for just show. Right. So no, I, I agree with that. Um, kind of on that same note, um, how do you deal with sort of, uh, and, and you know, I get it. I'm sure you get it. Uh, you know, trolls online, Twitter and stuff like that. I mean, you're going to get people, you know, being negative, saying stupid things. Like how do you go about dealing with that? Cause for me, I mean, sometimes, most of the time I try and just ignore it just because if you feed the trolls, then it's, you know, everyone's going to come into the woodwork. But how do you go about it? Because I noticed you're, you're pretty, pretty professional in that sense. I never see you really getting any, getting to, you know, getting into any sort of altercations with anyone online. Yeah, I, you know, I try to, um, you know, and I, I try, if people are tweeting at me, like I try and make time, like, you know, I, I don't have a ton of followers or anything. I'm, so it's, it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I, I have the luxury of, pretty much being able to read all of my mentions right and so um you know if, if a comment comes off as being like aggressive I, i'll try to reply to anyone and give my just reason as to you know whatever it is they're bickering with me about um but yeah if it gets overly heated then i it, i don't block people i don't mute them or whatever i just i just won't respond right i mean that's good you got to fix it i do i do the mute thing i'll do the mute thing if someone's being really annoying because i can't help I myself and i just want to respond you know so you're good man that's you know you're you're a rare breed uh you know as far as the uh you know not muting or not blocking i mean i don't really block anyone unless they're really sort of going after my account and like you know, usually I'll unblock them after just because it's, you know, I don't want to let them win, but I just, at the same time, I don't want them to sort of, you know, get under my skin. But the, but the muting thing I'm fine with, because if someone's just being ridiculous and anytime you post something, they write something stupid on there, that gets a bit annoying. But I guess in your case, you're just, you got a thick skin. Yeah. Well, I guess, and I just haven't had anyone that's just trolled me that hard yet. So yeah. Okay. So Fair I'm, enough. I'm sure if a day comes where I have someone that replies to every single tweet I put out there with something negative, you know, I'll, I'll definitely look at that mute button. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I hear you. Um, let's talk about sourcing something. We've uh, t- a theme we've talked about the last three podcasts. Cause it just so happens, you know, we had fair on last week. We had uh, Nolan King. I mean, another two really great, uh, you know, people when it comes to breaking news. Um, yeah. do, do you, do you still get, you know, the, the odd time where you'll break, something and they, there, there won't be any credit because it seems like it's getting better especially from the bigger sites uh, it does yeah i mean it, it's getting better i you know i 
I mean, my personal opinion is that a lot of like, you know, the, the whole stigma with BJPen.com, a lot of people uh, like the major sites, they still don't like want, you know, that's the last thing they want to do is have to source BJ Penn, right? Because, and, and I get it, you know, a lot of times like it, it goes back from years ago when we as a website weren't sourcing people properly under the, you know, the old management and, and stuff. And, you know, so I get it, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the, the excuses I don't like is like, oh, I well, I don't follow you, and uh, so I didn't. Twitter search, man. Twitter search takes well, two seconds. That. It's like I, my 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 thing. You know, my rebuttal to them is like, okay, like you know, that works the first time or the second time, right? And, and yeah. you know, I'll give it to you twice, but if it happens a third time, like maybe you should be following me, right? Then or yeah. or something, right? Or 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 in certain cases, they do follow me, and yet they don't site so it it is what it is and i mean you know if you say something's targeted for an event um you know people don't have to you know to source you for that you know they'll wait till the ufc officially announce it and they'll say the ufc officially announce it and they won't say first report but i mean whatever it's yeah is what it is it's not gonna you know i'm not gonna cry a river Uh, i'm not gonna you know cry over spilled milk it it is what it is it's nice when you do get sourced i I will say that it's appreciated but you know, I can't, uh, I can't make people do it. So I, I say this all the time. You have one of the toughest jobs in this industry is breaking news because again, you know, if you break the news, you get all the glory. If you make one mistake, you won't hear the end of it. Um, have you had any instances where maybe not something hasn't panned out, but you've had, maybe you broke something and a manager or a fighter sort of come after you. You don't have to mention any names, but just giving you a flack being like, what the hell's your problem? Blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. Do you, do you ever get any situations like that? I did. And I learned from that, you know, it was, um, you know, and I have a great relationship with uh, the gentleman now, um, Valentina Shevchenko's manager. I had kind of, I spilled the beans that uh, Nunez is going to headline 213. And, uh, and yeah, it, it was one of those situations um, where, you know, I didn't contact them to verify the news. So he was uh, a little upset that, you know, I would, I hadn't taken the time to actually reach out and say, Hey, but at the same time, you know, and I tried to explain this to him, like from my situation, it's like, I know you're going to say, I know what you're going to say. And it's like, no, it's not official. Right. Like, yeah. you know, and, and that's their job. Right. I mean, yeah. I know from being with BJ, like, you know, it's uh, they, the, the managers are told not to spill the beans. The UFC wants to be the ones to break the news. And, and so I get that. And it was kind of like when I, when I said that Khabib, and Tony was official for UFC 223, right? And then <laughs> Ariel Hawani came out shortly thereafter, and he says, oh, I just confirmed with Ali that it's not a done deal. It's like, well, of course Ali's going to say that, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it is what it is, right? I, and I was 100% confident um, that it was happening. My source for that one was so, like, the best source I have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, a bunch of people are like, oh, look at people are trying to throw shade on your, on your news and whatever. And it, you know, he was just doing his due diligence, but at the end of the day, a manager isn't going to usually confirm the fight until UFC gives them the green light. Right. So. Yeah. No, fair enough. No, no, that's good. And again, I something like that. I'm sure your mentions are getting blown up and you got to deal with all the people saying, see, Ariel says it's not happening, you know, like that, that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it, it's really like that gang mentality. People really want to see people when they make some, you know, a mistake, even if it's not a mistake in your case, uh, they still want to come down your throat. So I, right. I give you props for that. Cause you're very, uh, you know, good when it comes to not, uh, you know, feeding, feeding the, the critics and everything, so to speak. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it, like I say, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you can get scolded for doing something like, um, and then you'll see someone else who scolded you for doing that, you know, doing the exact same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's the fight game and, uh, you know, uh, mixed martial arts journalism is, uh, is interesting to say the least. Never a dull moment. Never <laughs> a dull moment. I got to say that. I was talking to someone about this today. Um, we got about 20 minutes left in the show. There's still a lot I want to ask you. Uh, one of them I wanted to get to was you talked uh, a little bit about being from Winnipeg. And of course they had the card there. And of course you were there for that. How was that whole experience getting to, uh, you know, be there for Winnipeg and were you accredited media or were you just there as a fan? No, because, uh, because, you know, BJ's technically still a fighter for the UFC, right? Uh, uh, okay. Not, they will not give us media credentials, which is okay. good to know. I mean, like, you know, uh, when there's an event in Ottawa, per se, that's where Tom's from, you know, and I mean, and he's such a good 
journalist as it is. It's just like, it, it's a shame that it, you know, he can't participate in something like that. And, but for me, it was actually, you know, hold on, hold on one second. Though. I just, I just want to bring something up here. Okay. That's interesting because how is the Mac life accredited then? I Conor know. McGregor's on the UFC roster. They're at every event. I see the Mac life guys there every week. Con- Granted, Conor McGregor is, uh, you know, an, an, an enigma in himself as far as, uh, you know, the, the star power he has, but that's kind of dumb in my opinion. They should let you guys go. I don't know. That's, that that's pushing it a bit in I my agree. opinion and that actually just made me think of something because we have another writer for our website just that i wanted to quickly shout out uh she works uh with the mac life as well her name's chris she's from ireland and she does some of the best articles that you'll see in mixed martial arts today like uh, she does you know she's a freelancer does it kind of few and you'll see maybe one article a week or every two weeks but you'll notice it when it's there because uh yeah she does some unbelievable work so Okay. But yeah, it's uh, going back to that. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's the same. You know, I because um, same with the MMAJA, um, the Journalist Association. Yeah, which for- haven't heard too much from them lately, have we? No, but you know, I can't. Uh, you know, I, I it was never. You know, when it first originated, it was never something that I was like, you know, oh, overly gung ho, like, oh, I got to be a member of this or something. And then, you know, eventually. Um, you know, I, I figured, oh, it's, you know, I should pursue this kind of thing, especially just to see the ins and outs of it and then try and get some of my, you know, the other staff members um, accredited and that sort of thing. And, and uh, you know, because I work for BJ, that's a no-go. So uh, at least in their case, too, they, they say, they tell me anyway that the Mac life is under the same, you know, thing where they their member, okay. their staff members. I didn't can. know that. That's that's actually interesting. I can, I guess, I could kind of understand it from that perspective. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I guess that I guess that makes sense. There's there's a lot of interesting rules that they have in their sort of their guidelines that I don't necessarily agree with. But uh, that's you know, I'm hoping to maybe get uh, Dan Sup on here at some point and, and talk about that because I really haven't heard much about what's what's been happening as of late. And uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see sort of what's going on there, especially for this podcast because we talk all about the media. Um, but yeah, just uh, quickly, um, yeah, Winnipeg. You, you said you had a good time there. I saw you. Oh. You know, you got Mike Perry. I saw him uh, call BJ or something. You guys set that up. Yeah, yeah. No, so Perry's like, you know, Perry's a big BJ guy, and BJ's a huge fan of Perry. Like, uh, loves like you know the way he fights and like you know just uh, his whole attitude and that sort of thing. So um, I told uh, BJ Facetime me that day, and he's like, "Yo, what are you doing?" I was like, "I'm actually gonna go have lunch with Mike Perry and Abe and and blah blah." blah. And he's like, "Oh, Facetime me like you know when you get there so I can say hi." And then, yeah, it was, uh, that's kind of like how it went down. And I'm pretty sure at some point, um, you know, uh, Perry's supposed to be coming out to Hawaii to, you know, with it, with his old lady to, uh, to go hang out with BJ and stuff, probably after his next fight in Orlando here. So good stuff. When are you heading back to Hawaii? It seems like you go there every, every now and then. Yeah, I'm there, you know, for sure. Uh, usually once or twice a year anyway, I was just there with my dad, um, got to hang out with, uh, BJ a bunch, obviously. And, uh, I wish I could be out there all the time. I there was a point where I, I was trying to live out there, but uh, the American government uh, ixnated that idea. So <laughs> interesting. Oh, I guess because you're a Canadian, because you're working for a Canadian company, is that why, or is that, or I maybe it, just so live there? It, they, they deemed it that I was stealing the job. Oh America. yeah, interesting. Okay. And so I, I guess you know, if you're not a doctor or a lawyer. Good luck to you. <laughs> Even if it's a remote, but the thing is, you're making your money in Canada, right? So wouldn't that? How would that be sealing an American job? I'm just well, asking. I, I have no it idea. It was the position too. I was gonna be, yeah. Like, it, I, we tried. We were looking for loopholes. It's a. It, that's a long story, but um, yeah, fair but, enough. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, that never came to fruition. But you know, I get to go out there. I've uh, you know had the pleasure of seeing all. St- all the spots, especially on the big island with BJ and, you know, he takes me down. He taught me how to farm tarot. That's kind of like his like side gig. He loves to farm tarot in YPO Valley. So I've, I've spent uh, multiple nights down there and, and days, you know, slaving away and, and farming, which, uh, believe me, uh, cause I was like, what keeps you in such good shape? And then, you know, he took me farming once and then I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. <laughs> That's cool, man. I mean, that. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? That's uh, that sounds like the life right there. Um, yeah, like I said, we got about now. We're up to about uh, ten minutes left, or thirteen minutes left, I should say. What would you say is the biggest story you broke? Uh, you talked about the Diaz McGregor thing. Is that still at the top of the list, or is there something else else that sort of sticks out to you? 
I would say that one just because, you know, it really kind of put us on the map, like, you know, everywhere that it was reported. I'll net, like, I remember Dana was pissed, like, you know, because he ended up going on Sports Center to, like, you know, announce the news. And it was like, you know, they had to bump it up because of, you know, that we had released it and whatever. So I don't think he was overly pleased with BJ. Obviously, BJ was still, like, on the roster and, and fighting at that time. So, you know, he seemed to think that it was, you know, something BJ had you know, done himself or whatever. But uh, it wasn't, that wasn't the case. But, yeah, I'd still say that was the biggest. I mean, you know, I've last year I had a, a few, you know, good good fight announcements and stuff that uh, that I was proud of. I mean, uh, you know, Ariel had uh, posted that, you know, Jones and Cormier were going to fight at 214 or were targeted for that event. And then I was able to confirm that, you know, despite what Dana White had said, John Jones will never headline another event. I was able to confirm that it was the event headliner. And so that was a pretty big one. And then the, obviously the Shevchenko Nunez one that I talked about where I got in a little bit of trouble for that. And I think there was Wonder Boy Woodley 2, uh, 209. So there was, there was a, there was, there's been some really good ones. I've been very fortunate, um, you know, to, to have broken some of the news I've I've had so, and I mean we're just talking about some of the biggest fights last year. No big deal or anything. I mean that's pretty uh, that's pretty crazy in itself. Just the names you, you rolled off there. Um, you know, if if in a perfect world, what would you be doing uh, career wise? Would it be doing this full time? Would it be leaving the day job? Or do you like the fact that you have a day job and you can do this on the side? Yeah, it's hard to say, you know, because I mean, obviously, if if, if the money was yeah, right, right, that's the if, key if, word there. If I was making the same money uh, full time that I made, you know, doing what I do uh, in my, at my full time job, like with mixed martial arts, then obviously um, I would go in that direction because I'm as passionate as I am about elevators and escalators. I am definitely more passionate about mixed martial arts, but uh, you know, at, at the same time, uh, my full time job, I work with uh, great people, just like the people at BJ Penn are great people. So it, it's kind of I, I feel like it's the best of both worlds uh, overall. You know, I mean, I, I make decent money um, at, at both gigs. So, um, I, yeah, I feel like it's almost a luxury. What's one question you get asked the most, uh, you know, just from random people or people you may do know about working in the industry? Do you, do you, and I'm sure you get that a lot. Uh, how I met BJ Penn. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like, hey, how do you, how'd you, how'd you get started? It's, uh, what's it like with BJ? What, yeah, is, you know, it's, it's, always, okay. it's always like, yeah is BJ fighting again or, you know, that sort of thing. That's usually, um, you know, the, the most commonly asked question, especially it's just cause you know, being a guy from Winnipeg, how did you end up with BJ Penn? Right. And so, mm-hmm. and it all kind of revolves back around to the whole George Sapio. Oh, shouldn't you have been a George guy? <laughs> and, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. So it's a really, so that gets annoying. You know, yeah, that's interesting. My, like my mom's husband, uh, he always, you know, he's a huge Paul McCartney guy and he's like, you know, and he's in a, he, he, he does very well for himself, but he has a band that he does, uh, you know, part-time and stuff. And, and he's like, that would be like me, you know, getting to, cause like I, I had trained with BJ, whether it was kickboxing or jujitsu and stuff. And he's like, that would be like me, you know, getting to play with Paul McCartney. He's like, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, like I say, I, I'm just very, very fortunate. Uh, what would you say is the, the best advice you could give anyone that's watching this that, that wants to do what you're doing, whether it's uh, hang out with BJ or break uh, you know some of the biggest stories in MMA? Um, well, if you want to hang out with BJ, my suggestion would just be go to Hilo because it's not a big uh, community. So I, I'm sure you, you could find him at one point, uh, one point or another. Go to YPO Valley. He's usually there. Um, but for people getting into the industry, I would say, you know, it's just establishing relationships um and trying to it's like anything you know finding common ground with someone and um you know once of and and make sure that people feel comfortable right don't don't get a quote you know i when i get quotes from guys i'll be like are you sure you want me to stay like this right and you know and, and go over it with them because the last thing you know it's pretty easy to destroy a relationship it's much harder to build one and so you know if you go out and put something out there and then the fighter's like, Oh, what the hell, man? You know, cause guys will say a lot of things. Right. And then it's not necessarily something they want um, put out on social media. So I, I think ensuring that 
what a, what a fighter is telling you uh, is just, you know, making sure, verifying that that's actually what they want to be out there, right? Okay. Getting that's approval. Good. Yeah, that, that's actually something I, I I mean, I'm usually pretty mindful if they say something that's like really disrespectful, maybe I won't use it, but I never think to like follow up with the fighter. That's actually a good piece of advice right there. Just to make sure. I mean, you never want to compromise your journalistic integrity, but at the same time, you want to still have those good relationships. And uh, that is important to get, you know, contacts and, and things down the line. So you, you kind of walk a fine line that way. And, and I, you know, I think obviously you've done that very well because, uh, you know, just look at some of the guys you're, you're interviewing and, and the people that keep coming back to you and the people that come to you first. I notice a lot of times you'll get stuff before anyone just because you get the fighter first. Um, you know, that must feel pretty good knowing that they trust you the most. Yeah, you know, and that, that really is. I mean, that gives me, um, I, I guess, the most satisfaction out of anything is just that a lot of guys, you know, do trust me and, and they'll reach out to me because, uh, you know, they, there's just that trust that's been established there through time and, and, and whatnot. And so, yeah. Okay. What about on the flip side, what would you see, what would you say is some of the, the biggest mistakes you see people making, uh, as far as, uh, you know, fellow journalists or people in the media, what are some things that, that you kind of are like, eh, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, well, I mean, obviously sourcing is, is, is one, but I mean, it'd be, you know, you, the odd time you'll see a guy ask a question where, you know, and, and obviously as a journalist, you should be asking the hard questions, but mm-hmm. there's a time and a place, uh, you know, whether when it's, when guys are on the stand and it's in a public setting is maybe not the best time to ask like the most hard questions. You know, I, I think when you do an exclusive interview with someone, and it's like, you know, on the phone or, you know, it's not being advertised to the world yet. That's when you can kind of like, you know, ask those questions and, and be respectful about it. Right. Um, but the odd time you'll see someone ask something like, you know, in a public setting, you're just like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, you're probably never going to interview that guy on the side. Right. So after asking that. And that's so. Have you ever had any situations? I'm sure you don't, but I just figured I'll ask anyways. Have you ever had any situations where a fighter just won't interview you or do anything with you because of something you've done or anything like that? Or do you do you have a solid track record? I feel I have a solid track record. I, I don't have anyone that's like, you know, screw you, Chris, kind of thing. But uh, yeah. but like I said, I had that, um, that momentary, you know, thing where um, Valentina Shevchenko's manager was less than pleased. But, you know, I did my best to... Uh, make amends and now we have a great relationship so you know it was kind of just to understand that right yeah no for sure um and and obviously uh yeah that's good that you sort of uh you know kept that relationship going uh we've got about five minutes left i wanted to ask you a couple other things uh what does the 96 in your twitter name mean pavel bray i was gonna okay i was i wasn't (laughs) sure about that that's awesome so you know i grew up so, That's so we've talked about this number. a little bit, but I grew up, I grew up, I'm still a Canucks fan. I grew up in Vancouver. So Beret was, you know, he was one of my guys along with Trevor Linden, but uh, I'm, I'm interested you went for the 96 number. Cause he also wore number 10 as well too. I'm sure, you know. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. I, I mean, I was a, like, like the most diehard. I still have Powell Beret memorabilia all over my condo actually and stuff. So, uh, um, but yeah, when he switched to 96, you know, it was just one of those unique numbers, yeah. right? So like, uh, no one really wore 96 and then uh it, it was like whether well, you know if you wore a number 10 playing hockey people would be like oh so is it alexei zamnov is it pavel Bure? right you know you'd have yeah. all these different uh I, actually i'm not even sure if zamnov was 10 he might have been yeah i think he was he sounds but, like he was a 10 yeah at least for chicago yeah. i remember yeah yeah so you know and and with 96 it was like pretty clear like oh, okay you know, even though I think Bray only wore it for two seasons, but that's where it came from is as silly as it might sound, but yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a book right now I'm reading. Um, it's, uh, you know, everything a Canucks fan should know before they die. And, uh, I'm reading actually the whole story of how Bray was able to come over and sign with Canucks. And it was, it's amazing. Right. Like it's yeah. just some of the stuff that was going on back there. And it's, uh, it's crazy. Like I'm just getting through the book now, but there's so many like little things that people miss that, that happen uh, throughout it. And it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, some shady stuff going on and it kind of reminds me a little bit of some stuff that goes on in this industry too, as far as, you know, back yeah. deals and, and things like that. So, uh, so it was, it was, it was shady. Kind of, it was shady. Yeah. yeah very I'm shady. Glad, I was glad he was a Canuck and, um, you know, um, yeah, I had the pleasure and I, you know, to, when they retired his number, and this was three, four years ago now that yeah. they, 
the retired Burry's number. And I, I, I got to go, I flew out to Vancouver with my dad and my uncle for that game and got to check that out. So that was something special just because, um, you know, I, I never got to meet Burry in person or nothing, but, uh, but to be there for that, you know, and he was kind of like my childhood hero, him and BJ Penn. So it was, uh, it was cool to be a part of that. That that is quite the duo right there. People, if if people don't know who we're talking about with Pavel Bure, uh, he was like the original Alexander Ovechkin as far as like a flashy, speedy Russian, uh, you know, player. And it's too bad what happened with his. He had like a knee injury, I think, when he played for was it New York or Florida? I can't remember. But he just he was never the same after a certain point. Yeah, well, he he suffered the first knee injury with the Canucks. And That's then, right, and he was out the whole season. That's when they signed McGillney that same season. I think was yeah, that. Was, yeah, it yeah. was like uh, so. McGillney came into the. the they only played a few games together and they were good friends and, and whatever. Yeah. So that was really disappointing. That was my brother's favorite player was Mogilny, ironically. But then, yeah, he went to Florida. I remember he scored like 13 goals in his first nine games and then he injured the other knee and then everyone kind of wrote him off saying, Oh, you know, he's two knee injuries. He's done. Then he came back the next year, led the league in goal scoring 51 or something goals. And, and uh, eventually uh, he heard it again when he went to New York and that was kind of the end which was sad. It was, it was an abrupt end to a great career. Yeah, it certainly was. Go watch Pavel Bure highlights. If I can give you one piece of advice today, you, if you're not a fan of hockey, you will be, you will be after watching that. Um, two minutes left. We're going to quickly zoom through this stuff. Um, who's someone that you haven't interviewed or you haven't spoken to uh, fighter wise that you'd love to speak with? That's a good question. I only uh, ask good questions. Yeah. You know what? I'd really like to probably, I think Daniel Cormier would be a great person to interview. I've never interviewed him. Um, you know, Dominic Cruz, another guy I'd really like to interview who I haven't interviewed. Um, those two guys seem to stand out to me the most. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Cormier, I've never like interviewed him one-on-one, but I've done a couple media scrums with him. He was in the, he was on the Buffalo card that I was at last year and he was, he was great. I mean, there, if you want to hear a guy who knows how to speak properly in interviews and really give you good content, it's Cormier. He's, uh, right. he's fantastic. He's yeah. a very knowledgeable guy. It seems very knowledgeable. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, here in Winnipeg, but I, I never really got to like, you know, sit down and, and talk to him. So I just think he, both those guys would be, great guys to converse with about the sport i agree uh, are we going to see you at any events again this year because uh, you and i got to meet up at some point we just got to figure out how it's going to actually match up because i'm i'm here in snowy toronto you're here in uh, snowy winnipeg yeah i know well actually i was supposed to go out to vegas for holloway edgar but that okay. got uh that Next. was uh, something to do with holloway and obviously he got injured take it off the card so now i'm not attending that event um but uh, yeah, we'll see. You never know. Uh, I'm usually at a, a couple each year, and uh, and and yeah, you, you never know. We'll see what okay. happens. I mean, I was always at the BJ Penn fights, um, and that that was always it was. Ne- I never enjoyed that really because you know watching your actual friend fight is kind of difficult. And it's tough. It's yeah, tough. yeah, it's tough, especially when things don't go your way and uh, there's nothing you can do. Right? I mean. It's an interesting position to be in. Do you think he fights again? Your gut feeling? No. Okay. Interesting. You heard it here from Chris. Chris Taylor. He would know better than anyone. Uh, Chris, this was so much fun, man. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining. We already passed an hour, believe it or not. We just sort of zoomed through this. Uh, Just uh, just remind people where they can uh, get a hold of you on social media. And if you got any uh, thing coming up for BJPenn.com you want to plug, by all means, the floor is yours. Um, well, you can follow me on social media, C Taylor, uh, C T A Y L O R underscore 96. Um, and for plugs, well, I mean, obviously follow all the staff, bjpen.com cause they, they all do great things. Um, and they're all great guys. Uh, but play by play radio, um, BJ oh, that last Penn. week, it was great. Yeah. Troy Mandalona's Reagan Penn. I mean, you know, for the, Troy, obviously former UFC fighter, BJ two-time champ uh, or two-division champion for the UFC. And his brother, Reagan, who fought in the lead XC, I mean, he's one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners, like, uh, you know, out there. He His knowledge for the sport is amazing. So to have those three guys kind of call in fights and let people know what they see, it's, you know, I actually had the, the TV on mute and I was listening to the show because it was like, it was just, it was really cool to have those, listen to those guys and see what they saw, you know, in uh as opposed to you know joe rogan or or the others not not to say that they don't do a great job but it was just it was it was interesting to uh you know get their perception of things so 
Excellent. And everyone uh, can obviously follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. Got a bunch of interviews for this uh, Sunday's UFC Austin card. So be sure to check that out as well. I got some extra videos I'm going to be doing on my YouTube channel going forward. I just did one on how to record Skype video interviews, a question I get all the time. So I finally made a video so you people can go check it out and uh, learn yourselves as well as how I edit the videos too. I uh, just want to give more people more incentive, more content, and trying to give back a little bit. That's sort of the purpose of this podcast is to try and help people uh, learn what it's like to cover this industry. So uh, thanks again for for joining me here, Chris. I appreciate it. And uh, everyone tune in next Thursday for the MMA Industry Podcast. Already got a guest lined up. I'll reveal that next week. And uh, thanks for watching, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.